From St. David's to St. Florence for Pembrokeshire. From Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. Pure West Radio News. With the latest news for Pembrokeshire, I'm Kim Thomas. It's estimated that pubs in Pembrokeshire and across Wales lost around 30% of their income during a sobering two-week Christmas period for the hospitality industry. Since December the 26th, Welsh pubs have been restricted to table service, with a rule of six in place, and business owners reported that fewer people were coming out as cases of the Omicron variant increased. Welsh government restrictions on big events and businesses in December also meant events were limited to 50 people outdoors and 30 indoors, resulting in the cancellation of large events over Christmas and the New Year. The Welsh Government has announced that from Friday the 28th of January, nightclubs will be able to open and hospitality allowed to operate normally, although Covid passes will still be needed for clubs, large events, cinemas and theatres. The lifting of restrictions has been welcomed by the hospitality and entertainment industries, but some businesses warn they face a struggle to overcome a huge loss of trade during the festive period. Emma McClarkin, Chief Executive of the Welsh Beer and Pub Association said, The news that restrictions in Wales will be lifted from the end of January is fantastic for pubs and brewers. Of course, every day of trading counts, especially in the light of the huge loss of trade over the festive period, and we would love to have been open earlier. A web designer out one evening playing pool made the catastrophic decision to drive after being unable to find a taxi, a court heard. At 12.50 in the morning, officers saw 26-year-old Daniel Metcalf's car behind them with no headlights on. They pulled Metcalf over and could smell alcohol on him. Metcalf supplied positive tests for alcohol both at the roadside and at the police station. Metcalf of Thurston Lane Sardis measured 97 micrograms of alcohol in 100 millilitres of breath. The legal limit is 35. Appearing at Haverford West Magistrates Courts on January the 11th, Metcalf pleaded guilty to one charge of drink driving at Milford Haven. In mitigation, Defence Solicitor Mike Keller has said the nature of the offence, it is fortunate his client works from home. My client is a web designer, explained Mr Kelleher. He's taken the car into town and was going to take a taxi home but took the catastrophic decision to drive. He will feel the effects of that catastrophic decision for a long time. Probation Officer Julie Norman described how Metcalf came to be driving his car in the circumstances. Metcalf lost his licence for two years and was made subject to 200 hours of unpaid work. He will pay £85 costs and a £95 surcharge to be paid within 28 days. Pembroke Dock Town and County Councillor Joshua Bynan will not stand for re-election in 2022. Councillor Bynan made the announcement on Twitter on Friday. Amongst the reasons for his decision, Councillor Bynan said it takes more than five years to change a huge machine like the council and that he needed some time out of the public eye. In the post, Councillor Bynan said, When I first stood in 2017 for County Council elections, I was naive at 19 in the fact that I could change everyone's mind in believing that not every politician is the same. Despite realising you can't please everyone all the time, you can please some people some of the time. And I'm grateful to my constituents who saw that I had a real desire to represent and improve Pembroke Dock and Pembrokeshire. Councillor Bynan was sworn in as Pembroke Dock's youngest mayor in November 2021, following the resignation of Councillor Terry Judkins. He has in the past described the horrible abuse he received, including death threats through his door in trying to improve diversity at Council. Hall. Councillor Bynum went on to say that his interest lay in improving Pembrokeshire both now and in the future. 
That's it. You're up to date with the Pembrokeshire News. With me, Kim Thomas. Listen online at purewestradio.com. Pure West Radio weather. Thank you to the news team there for keeping us up to date. So let's take a look at the weather. It's not been too bad. It's been quite sunny and cold and crisp, but I like those days. As long as it's not raining, I can cope with the cold. Layers. It's all about layers. Let's take a look into next week. Still cold and still frosty, unfortunately, and some fog maybe from about Tuesday. Wednesday should be turning milder. I'm H. This is Second Chance Sunday. Thank you for keeping me company. I've got some fabulous interviews for you to look back to today and my favourite radio. But let's get started with some Savage Garden and Crash and Boom. This is Pure West Radio. For Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire.
listen to Pure West Radio anywhere. In the kitchen, in the bath, in the garden, on the sofa, even in space. Hello, 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 and welcome to Second Chance Sunday with me, H. It's amazing to have your company with me here again. We've just listened to Crash and Burn by Savage Garden, one of my favourite all-time tunes. I do love a bit of Savage Garden. I have got a fabulous show for you today. I've got two two interviews for you to listen back to. Uh, one is when Toby and Carl had a bit of a chat from uh, Synergy all about their weekly catch-up and how things are going, and I really love it when those two chat. So uh, we're going to listen back to that one first. And the second one I've got for you to listen to is all about two ladies here from Pembrokeshire, and uh, they're going to do something absolutely amazing to raise some money and some awareness for the Alzheimer's Society. And I'll tell you about that after, after we've listened to Carl and Toby. And I've also got for you my favourite post from this week. And uh, I'll be posting that around half past four-ish, so uh, you'll be able to see exactly what it is. So let's get started. First off, Toby and Carl from Synergy. Get into Pure West Radio. Uh, right, we are here on your Wednesday morning and it is the first edition of Synergy Talks and uh, I'm, I'm super chuffed. I feel proper G'd up already just uh, catching up with Carl Williams <laughs> off air. Morning, buddy. How you doing? Good morning, mate. I'm hyped. I'm full of energy. I'm full of smiles. I'm starting the new year like we need to. I'm, I'm ready to go. Uh, so good to see you, man. Um, so, of course, January, always a huge month for people, isn't it? It's, you know, joining gyms, it's getting fit, it's getting healthy, it's shaving off those festive pounds. Uh, lots of people wanting to, you know, feel better and get in shape. Yeah, it's it's a new chance. It's a new opportunity. It's a new year. It's a new mindset. It's a new ambition, new goals um, and a new pathway. It is every reason why we need to be doing something. And, you know, regardless of what's gone on in the past, we can do this on a daily basis, but generally it happens on a Monday. It happens when the kids go back to school or it happens at the start of a new year. And you can just feel that energy in the air. Everybody has that little bit more motivation. Everyone's got that little bit of a better mindset or they've got ambitions and goals that maybe they've not really believed in for a while. And it's reignited that fire under them to get going. I love January. It's amazing. I mean, one thing you've taught me is you don't need a new year or uh, a new beginning to make an excuse of making a change. You can just do it whenever you want to do it. Um, But seeing those new digits, you know, seeing it is a new year. It's January. If if you're writing dates down, it's 0101. You know, you're you're seeing all these new numbers. Um, I know a few people that are quite um, superstitious and spiritualist. Of course, it's a a new outlook. It's a new page. It's it's the best excuse you can ever get right now, isn't it? To get yourself fit, get yourself sorted and just and tackle the year ahead of you. Yeah, that, that's it. The people are in it. It's, it's, it's a new shade in it's new like uh, new moons and things like that. And you yeah, know, moving, moving into different into different star signs and things like that. For all that, yeah, it's it, it is the best reason and the best. If you need an excuse, you've got one because um, because this is what people look for. They look for justifications. Um, and whether it's a positive justification or a negative justification, or I won't start today, or I'll have my cheap meal today because I've been it, or or, or I'm, I'm you know I'm doing something with the kids, or I I can justify being naughty today. It's the same the opposite way um, when it comes to January. It, today is and this month is the justification of a new start, a new lease of life. Let's get in and let's go. So yeah, it, it is it is used as a time. Essentially, we don't need it. 
But for those people who just want that little bit of extra motivation, this is this is that point in time. It's it's that chance to get in and uh, and and to set yourself up for the year. So Christmas, I mean, uh, I I said to myself, do you know what? I'm just going to enjoy it. I cooked some lovely gammon. I ma- I I made some some awful chocolate brownies. Um, awful on paper calorie wise in the fat content but tasted delicious um you know we had the celebration boxes open i thought you know what i'm just gonna i'm gonna allow myself to eat what i want um got my steps in didn't exercise this much i enjoyed it for a couple of days then i was like you know i felt so awful i just i was like i don't i can't wait to get back to it Uh, so i started exercising earlier i got back onto my clean eating earlier and it's amazing how quickly you can turn it around. I put on, um, what was it, three kilos. So what's that, six pounds? Um, yeah. So half a stone, um, you know, in a matter of nearly, you know, a week and a bit. You know, it's frightening yeah. how quickly you can put it on. But also what I've super chuffed that is how quickly you can you can lose it again just by doing a few workouts and clean eating. It's, it's amazing, really. Yeah, that's it. I mean, when you when you put yourself in a position and you kind of go all out and you, you, know, you put your body full of extra calories and we go back to that balance that we talk about, the food going in compared to the, uh, the calorie bin uh, and the output. If you're mm. if you're eating a lot more consistently, then it is very easy to build up those glycogen levels, to build up that energy, to store that extra, uh, you know, the extra food and whatnot, and put on that weight. Also, if you're eating more, then your digestive tract and everything in your stomach will hold more food, and you know you probably won't be as consistent with your bowel movements and things. Um, you know, so your body will very easily hold weight. But essentially, as soon as you get back into that consistency of the eating at the right times, of the being in your energy at the right period of, uh, of the day and whatnot, and 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 um, you know, kind of getting back into your normal day every uh, everyday routine and activity, then your body again, it's that engine that's having a, a recondition, isn't it? It's becoming efficient again, and it's um, sorry, it's becoming efficient again, and then you're going to burn those calories nice and quick. So yeah, it's it's very, very nice to see that when you focus and when you get on track again, that your body can just change and it can adapt. Mm. Um, it is, and it's, it's remarkable, really. It's, it's, quite, it's quite impressive. But yeah, spot on with, with a few points uh, you made there, Carl. Uh, one of them, definitely bowel movements. My goodness, <laughs> that's an interesting one. But also... Um, I was going back to, to the same portion sizes that I, I was before with a lot of my prep meals and I, I'm feeling so much more hungry. I was snacking a lot more. Um, so I was, I was just, I was, I was normally I'd have sort of a third of a cucumber. I was like, half a cucumber for my snacks. I was so much more <laughs> hungry because I was used to eating bigger and larger meals. So it's really interesting actually on, on the transition, getting back to it. But my goodness, I feel, I feel so much better for, for getting back on plan. Uh, great to see though, that we've got quite a few of the team doing step into January. Not sure if you've, you've seen or heard much about it, Carl. Um, 10,000 steps a day every day for January, raising cash for Megan Star Foundation. Uh, Gina Jones and Tom Byer from the Early Breakfast Show and the uh, the Breakfast Show, respectively, um, yeah. with OC Davis, Roundabout Garage, Nayland with Gina. Um, they, they are they are taking on the challenge. They're doing it. Um, Tom's loving it, stretching their legs, smashing the steps in. Gina's getting up at 5.30 in the morning to do it before her breakfast show. Um, but she said to me, start of the week, she said, Toby, you need to put this question to Carl for me, please. Please mm-hmm. let this be the one. She yeah. said, I am now doing 10,000 steps today, about, yeah. three, about three miles. Because um, that was that was the biggie I wanted to get with with Gina. It was obviously, you know, your different strides, you know, different steps, different, different mileage. So she's doing about three miles uh, okay. across the 10,000 steps. Um, yeah. But she's not losing any weight. Right. Okay. No problems. And and is is it goal for doing this weight, or is it is is that kind of a motivation? 
at the yeah, same time. Her motivation is to, to, to predominantly lose the weight, feel better in, in herself. Um, so I, I gave my answer to her this morning yeah. um, and it'll be interesting to, to hear yours. So um, why it's isn't no Gina losing the weight when she's now working out more and doing, you know, three mile a day? Yeah, no problem. Well, there's a couple of different outcomes and and, and and some of them we won't be able to control. It will be Gina controlling them or whoever else is in this position. But subconsciously, she might not be understanding what she's doing. So you've got a couple of different reasons. First of all, if she is significantly burning more calories now than she's ever burned before, um, then she might not be fueling well enough in order to be burn it for the body to be letting go of that bad weight for example if she normally eats um she normally eats a thousand or she shouldn't have a thousand but just say thousand for, for for easy easy figures if she normally eats a thousand calories a day um and she is now burning off a thousand calories um because she's doing a lot of work walking and, and extra stuff on top of a normal day then that leaves no fuel within the body to work and function properly so here, a body would essentially be in shutdown mode and it would be holding on to everything that it has in order to keep her moving, functioning, thinking, talking, breathing, sleeping and whatever else it might be. So a lot of the time, when people go from doing not a lot to a lot in a short period, then um, then their body just goes into shutdown mode because they haven't got the fuel in order for their body to start burning off the excess. What we need to be doing is making sure that we've got enough calories in our body so you can do your exercise and have the energy, but your body still have enough surplus calories in order to function correctly at the same time. So the first thing could be, she's not eating enough food for the exercise that she's doing. One of the other things that she could have been, and this, this is what I'm saying, it could be a couple of different outcomes, that what she thinks she's eating and what she's actually eating are completely different. Now, what happens with a lot of people, and I was having a conversation with a new online trainer that's a friend of mine last week, and uh, she was saying that she had a, an issue with somebody wasn't losing weight like they thought they should have done. And I said, right, okay, how are you monitoring their food intake? And she said, well, they're telling me they're having this. And I said, right, okay, but you know when they tell you that you're having a handful of rice? Are they actually? <laughs> are they actually having a handful of rice? Are they having a handful and a half of rice? Are they telling you about the biscuit that they're having in between with the tea? Are they having you that they're having 10, 10 milliliters of milk when actually they're having 25 milliliters of milk? And what I'm getting at is what they're telling you and what they're actually doing over a week is actually they don't balance out. It's not even slightly. It's like this. So let's say that you get 300 calories a day wrong from your inconsistent counting or, or monitoring. 300 calories is not a lot. If you're having six meals a day, that's 50 calories a meal. If you're getting that wrong, 50 calories a meal could be as much as uh, half a spoon of peanut butter, and you're already over for that 50 calories. If you did that in a day, in a week, that's 1,200 in a week. Now, you know, you're, you're looking at, if you did that for a month, that could be a pound or two difference in weight. So you've really got to make sure what you're eating and what you think you're eating is exactly the same. So you need to be monitoring what you're having at that period of time in order to make sure that you are actually doing it. Or the other option I've got for you, Toby, long answer this one, is we are actually just coming off the back of a period of festivities. And you may have filled your body with so many calories at this point in time, it might take you two weeks to burn off the excess before your body will actually go into the position of losing weight. 
So, you know, it, your body will be in a shock period and it's still got so much stored glycogen, which is energy in our body and our muscles, that, you know, you might take a little bit longer before you start seeing the results. So the only way you can do it is keep doing what you're doing. Nothing worth gaining ever come in two weeks anyway. You've got to see it all the way through. You've got to push through to the end of the month. But your body, as you become more consistent, figure out if you're losing weight or if you're not losing weight in the next week or two, then make some changes. Look into a little bit more depth of what you're actually eating from an output and an input perspective, and you should be able to get your results and figure out where you're going wrong. They are, Gina. That is the answer. They are. It's it's there in, in black and white, and that hopefully that is that has solved it for you. I wasn't too far off the mark. I said, I said, Gina, you're going to have to give it a little while. You know, it's it's not just going to happen like that. It's going to take a couple of weeks. Um, but also, I said, as mad as it sounds, and you know, totally what you told me from the outset, Carl, you're going to have to eat more. You're going to be eating more than you ever have done. You're going to be intaking more calories than you have done, but you'll be losing the weight. How? Because it's all about what you're putting in. And, yeah. and to be fair, Gina said, yeah, you know, you're, you're right there. And, you know, I said, you know, I'm, I said, I'm, I'm having four or five meals a day, um, yeah. you know, but it's all about the good stuff, you know. And, and she yeah. said that she was um, uh, at work and she, she felt a bit faint and she had to go home and, and, and make some scrambled eggs, you know. Okay. So, well, that's, yeah, exactly that's, that's definitely. If you would have said, if you would have said those words, I would have told you straight away. I'm bear yeah. in mind, just the clarity the of the people who are listening. What, yeah, just to, just for clarity, when I said a thousand calories, that example. is not in any yeah. way, shape, yeah, or yeah, form yeah, yeah, yeah. saying a thousand yeah, calories. Yeah, is good. Yeah, I was just yeah. giving simple figures. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. anything, you want to be more at two thousand or maybe a few more if you're consistently working out all the time. But yeah, yeah it's about that that input to, to that that calorie bin. Yeah. So Gina, uh, hopefully that's answered it for you, my love. And uh, you know, please, please feel free to to chat to Carl as well if you want any uh, helps with the foods, because um, uh, he'll be able to help you there. Um, Leanne uh, has been in touch. Uh, absolutely, start happy New Year to you, uh, Leanne. Always great to hear from you. She always uh, loves commenting on the lives. Thanks for for your support on the feature, my dear. Uh, so many people don't think about the fat and calories in the simple things like a spoonful of sugar or the can of pop they had in the day. It all adds up. It certainly does, doesn't it, Carl? So those small amounts, you, you do that repetitively yeah. enough, and at the end, it's a big old amount. Oh, yeah, that, that's it. It's the little things that you don't normally think about counting. Um, and it's the lot of things, when people do a lot of these diets and things like this, is that they, they'll say, oh, you can you can have whatever you want of this, or you can have that. or Because it's free on their particular diet plan, it doesn't mean it's free in nutritional value. Um, you know, So it's all adding up all the time. That's That's the big thing. Everything's adding up, um, and you've really got to you've got to be really cautious on what you're having and what you're eating. And when you've got those balances and those numbers right, you, you just watch it work. Yeah. And remember, it's slow and consistency which wins the race. It's the toys and the hair. Anything that comes off really quickly is going to go back on quickly. Anything that goes on quickly can come 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 back off quickly. Um, but we don't want that when we're looking to make a lifestyle change and when we're trying to be consistent. It's slow and steady. So set yourself out a target. And just meet that daily requirement and you watch in two or three months the differences it's going to make to you. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's a really good point, Carl. You know, you do the 12-week lifestyle transformation. It's on now. It does take 12 weeks for a reason. You know, it's, it's not just going to happen. You know, it is a lifestyle change and, you know, it, it's going to take a little while, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That's it. It's all about consistency and it's all about building something into your lifestyle that you can manage and you don't need a break from. You know, if you need to have a break from dieting every two or three weeks or it does your head in or you're getting stressed about it or you're thinking, you know, my life is not right, good like this, 
then you're doing something wrong. You're not doing something which is that is manageable and that is stress-free and that is going to ultimately give you the best all-round goodness of, of life, wellness, and well-being. And that's it. You know, there's no point looking amazing if you feel rubbish all day. And, uh, and, and if you're not happy and you're stressed and all you do is think about it is the scales. You know, you've really got to weigh up in your head what is valuable to you, what is important to you. And, you know, self-love, self-respect, and, and self-esteem is as important as anything else. So do something that you don't need a break from. Yeah, some wonderful advice there. And, and a diet is what you make it as well. It was a, a real good meme I saw uh, over Christmas. Uh, Gina's actually been in touch saying, thank you so much, Carl and Toby. Absolute pleasure. Hopefully you can take that on board, Gina. Uh, please get in touch with your questions. Um, let's get them rocking and rolling. If it's health-related, fitness, food, dietary, mental health, well-being, it's what this feature is all about. Uh, pop us uh, a message uh, at POS Radio on the socials. Uh, Carl, so good to catch up, buddy. And um, I will see you again tomorrow hopefully for a nice little one-to-one we'll smash it in the gym and uh, you'll be back here same time next week excellent look forward to it top man carl williams there from synergy make sure you check out synergy health and wealth oh my goodness i do love it when those two get together they are very very funny and they do make me giggle so uh fair play if there's anything you want to know about find the synergy facebook page our facebook page all the information you need is there Right, we're going to have a couple of adverts, tell you all about our wonderful local people and what you can do here. And then we're going to have a little bit of scouting for girls. Some things in life can be a bit of a conundrum and seem to be more trouble than they're worth. But listening to digital radio shouldn't be one of them. Here's a good one. What's so smart about listening on a smart speaker? Well, the answer is actually quite clever. It's a speaker you can talk to, so you can just ask it for your favourite radio shows. Request a station or programme by name and you'll get the live broadcast or the most recent episode. There's no searching by frequency and you can cook in the kitchen or dance doing the housework to whatever you've asked your speaker to play. Quite smart for a speaker. Find out more at getdigitalradio.com. Love radio. Go digital. The power of radio. Bad weather. At the racetrack. In the shower. Oh, sorry. All things that never actually happened. While listening, you pictured them all, didn't you? You see, radio uses the theatre of the mind. It has a one-to-one connection with every person listening. So, if you want to get your business message across, then there is really no more intimate, creative or cost-effective way than using radio. So to find out more about advertising on Pure West Radio, email studio at purewestradio.com. And we won't send our fire-breathing, water-boiling, toaster-popping crowd over to see you. Yeah, and once again, that's not real. Radio advertising. Try it today. Seven Spice! With a staff are oh so nice. You'll love our Jalfrezi and special rice. What's even better is our price. This will have you coming back not once, but twice. <laughs> Enough of all that rhyming. Malaki! The Seven Spice of Market Street, Halford West, offers the finest Asian cuisine, open six days a week. They offer a fine selection of Indian dishes to eat in or take away. Book your table now or place your order by visiting sevenspice.uk or call Aki on 01437 762 789. The Seven Spice with a staff are oh so nice. This is Pure West Radio. She looks just like them girls in vogue I love the way she plays it cool I think that she is beautiful 
on this second chance Sunday looking back at all the amazing things we've done this week and uh, at the beginning of the show I told you that I was going to choose my favourite post and this is now it's now time for my favourite post so let's get ready for H's favourite post of the week ta-da and uh, this week it was our end of year video and um, it was just amazing to look back on all the fabulous things we have done in the county this year. And, uh, oh, this year, last year, I should say. Even with all the restrictions and everything, all the wonderful charity events. I mean, it was just amazing. So uh, I'm going to get that uploaded for you. And while I'm doing that, you can listen back to our second interview. 
Now, our sports team on Monday night, Ben, uh, Gordon and Tom, they spoke to Ellen Jones and Lou Borman. And they are taking part in the Round Britain and Ireland Challenge race in May, sailing all the way round. And when they do this, they are going to be the youngest female duo to ever take part, which is just absolutely amazing. So I'm going to get the video uploaded and uh, you can listen back to that. Pure West Radio. Monday evening and it's Pure West Sport with Pembrokeshire Properties with Gordon and Tom uh, keeping me company this evening. We are going to set sail with our guests right now. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation because this is a sport we, we haven't covered a great deal on the show. Uh, and it's always good to promote different sports. Um, with us on Pure West Sport right now, uh, Lou Borman, who is from Tears Cross, and Ellen Jones uh, from Wrexham, but studying at Aberystwyth Uni, uh, are with us to tell us about an incredible challenge they're going to be taking on. Uh, Lou and Ellen, good evening. Thank you for joining us. How are you both? Yes, thanks. Thanks for having us. Excellent stuff. No, you you, you are very welcome. And uh, when when you contacted us and, and we read your story, we were more than happy to to feature this. Um, we, we want to get some people to support you. And, and I think that the, the first thing we, we should start with, Lou, is, is the fact that you're taking on the round Britain and Ireland race at the end of May. Um, can you just tell people who are watching and listening what that involves? OK, so this race happens every four years. So it's once every four years. So this is the only year that we were able to do it and break this record. So in four years' time, I won't be as young, obviously, and I won't be able to break this record, but it goes clockwise around the UK and Ireland with three mandatory stopovers in Galway, Lerwick and, Bar- and Blythe, and it's about 2,000 nautical miles. That's amazing. Let, let's just re- tell people, and for, for Tom and Gordon as well, um, the record here is that, Lou, you would be the youngest female skipper of a yacht to take part in the race, and the two of you... Uh, will be the youngest female duo to ever take part in a race. So uh, let let me ask Ellen, what would that mean to the two of you to set that record? That would be so much. Like I remember being six and like learning about Ellen MacArthur and being so inspired. And it would just be amazing if we could have younger girls saying, no, I can do that too. Because there's not a lot of that in sailing at the minute. It's quite uh, male orientated. So it'd be really good to show that we can do it. And if we can't do it and it goes wrong, at least we tried and that's worth something as well. It would be brilliant. And I'll bring Gordon and Tom in, in just yeah. a sec. Um, Lou, you, you alluded there to, to the stopovers that you, that you would do on the race. So can you just tell people watching then, um, over how many days would this take place? Uh, it starts, I think, on the 29th of May. How long would it take you to get round Britain and Ireland? Well, depending on how fast we go, depending on how fast we sail, about three, four weeks. Wow. So three, four weeks and three stopovers, that's it? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's incredible. Gordon, let me go to you. Yeah, Lou, when did you first get involved in the sport? It's like, uh, I know you're only 19 now, which is a a, a youngster, but how did you first get involved in sailing? Um, You know, what's given you this inspiration to do this this race now? Um, I first got into sailing uh, when I was about eight years old, which is sort of the youngest you're allowed to go sailing. Um, and it was with a, a scheme called On Board, which is an RYA scheme, so a Royal Yachting Association scheme to get young children into sailing. And they do like free sort of taster sessions at various clubs around Pembrokeshire and other parts of Wales. And uh, that's that's how I started getting into it. And I really liked it. 
And then that's just, that's how I started. I went on from there, really. Was it in Nayland that you started then, Lou? Is it that, would that be the yacht club that you went to? Yeah, Nayland Yacht Club, yeah. Uh, obviously, they, they've obviously got a lot of youngsters. They, they've always had a good pedigree of Great sailors reputation. over the years. We know that. And um, who is actually coaching there now? Uh, is there any particular name that you know, that we would know, that our listeners would like to know? Oh, I'm not sure. Um, there was one one man, but he sadly passed away now. Um, from okay. But um, he previously taught a lot of us. He was called Jaffa. Well, that was a name that we all knew him by. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we, we we should ask the same question to Ellen as well. Actually, what, what what about you, Ellen? When did you get into sailing? Um, I mean, it's kind of always been there in my life, to be honest. But then, uh, when I was about twelve, I started taking it more seriously, and I started doing the North Wales competitive circuit in top uh, no, fevers, and then into toppers, and then sailed alongside Lou. Uh, I remember I just got into squads, and Lou had been in for like two years, and I was in awe of her, and then. Yeah, we've been friends ever since. And then she asked me if I wanted to do this since I sort of transitioned into yacht sailing and uh, doing more offshore things and my day skipper and long passages in the last three years or so. And then she asked me and I was like, yes, please. You're amazing. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm really, really, I'm kind of fangirling that she even asked me. But, yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, actually, Gordon and Tom as well. I mean, you know, if you're going to do a challenge like this, you do need to get on with one another, don't you, really? Yeah. You you definitely need a friend by your side, to be honest yeah, and, uh, and it's great. And it's it's great that sport does that. It brings yeah. us all together socially as well, doesn't it? And I mean, yeah. you're, you're in North Wales, and Lou is in Pembrokeshire. You've got together through competitions over the years and become obviously very close friends. And I, I love that. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, Tom, can you come? Yeah. So, um, just to go back on that circuit of North Wales. So, a lot of people might not know about competitive sailing around Wales, and particularly here in in Pembrokeshire and North Coast. Like, what does that look like, and who can take part, and what classes are there that that is available around the county? Because we've we've got a good pedigree of sailing off our shores. If you look at the Olympic record, yeah. um, but yeah. what is it? What is it that people can expect to see? There's, there's so many things. So, um, where I teach sailing as well in Pembroke Dock, it's called PPSA, Pembrokeshire Performance Sailing Academy. Um, you can get anyone from grassroots sailors, sort of like eight years old upwards, to um, adults or people with disabilities, anyone really. Anyone can start sailing at any time of their life. And there's so many different boats to try. So usually the way I got into um, dinghy racing was I, I started in Optimus, which are little sort of boats that look a bit like bathtubs. And then I went on to uh, <laughs> Poppers. <laughs> onto toppers then which is sort of a bit more flat and that's what I I mainly raced in that's what me and Ellen raced against each other in for so many years and we sort of climbed up the up the ranks then and, and into the circuit um and then there's sort of the Olympic pathway you can follow as well into lasers so lasers are in the Olympics they're an Olympic boat um but I was sadly too small and too light to to sell one of those in the Olympics. That's where my Olympic dream stopped. But you can go on to anything then. So me and Ellen have gone on to yacht racing now, into yachts. So Ellen's got her day skipper qualification and I've gone on to get my yacht master qualification. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's excellent. And um, we're going to talk about um, the fact that you are doing some fundraising um, and, and for a really good cause as well. But we, we want to get some support for you on that. And um, b- before we do, uh, j- just tell us about the route, because we, we were looking at the map and it, it's online and, and people should have a look at it. The, the round um, Britain and Ireland route that they'll be doing at the end of May. If this all goes to plan. Um, Ellen, um, 
the bit that we picked out when we were talking before the show was that bit at the top of Scotland, and that yeah. looks like it could be tricky. Where yeah. are some of the where will be where will some of the hard challenges be? Um, well, I've sailed up in the Western Islands a few. So I started like offshore sailing, just in around the islands and stuff. Um, it will be that's going to be the treacherous part. There are quite the all the stages have got different challenges to them. So, for example, the Blythe to Plymouth one is going through the Bristol Bristol uh, British Channel. Um, so that's going to be very busy and very tricky with navigation. And then there's lots of rocky outcrops on the west coast of Ireland. So it's going to be difficult. And then the the leg from Galway to Lerwick is going to be quite exposed. Um, but I mean, with sailing, you can, stuff does go wrong, but it's a, it's a calculated risk. You can make it as difficult for yourself or as easy as yourself based on how you think you can handle it. So Say if the conditions are too strong, you can cut down the sail size and you can make it easier to cope with. You might go slower, but it's a lot safer. And I think um, <clears throat> um, me and Lou have both got a very similar attitude towards how we do safety and how we would never do something that's too uncomfortable and that we've got very similar values in terms of that. So we'd always mm. have the same ideas with how to make it as safe as possible. So the, the aim would be obviously you're racing but the, the most important yeah. thing is getting round and getting yeah. home as well get completing yeah. it yeah yeah it's a very difficult uh race and it's a difficult course but if you stick go back to basics and remember the basics and be safe and there's no reason why it should be too dangerous as long as you play it safe but also push it it's a very fine line that's what sailing's all about being safe but pushing it and staying so, on that balance so lou would this be the toughest thing you guys will have done yeah definitely i mean i think for a lot of professional sailors it's one of the most sort of grueling races that you can do i mean there are longer races and races sort of you know transatlantic races which are, are very difficult too but there's so many challenges around the uk so like the many that um that ellen has just spoken about and yeah this will be our biggest achievement our biggest achievement yeah yeah be amazing <laughs> And um, what tactics have you got in play? You're spending a lot of time going to be in each other's company for a long period of time. Um, is it uh, someone does the night watch, someone does the day watch? Uh, how, how, how tactically, how, how do you work that on, on the vessel? So we probably, sorry. <laughs> um, so the, the, when you're sailing offshore, you do a shift pattern. So say, for example, six hours or four hours on and then off. So for example, I could do one o'clock to four o'clock and then Lou would do four o'clock to eight o'clock. So you don't actually see that much of each other when you're racing offshore only when you're handing over and eating together it's basically two single-handed races but then um we'd be able to communicate and do our handovers and stuff but yeah it's really important that you get that balance right and get into the shift patterns so that the other person can sleep and rest and that you can make it all work yeah. gordon yeah, you just talked about a little bit of the element of food, quite an important part to fuel up while you're going around. And you, you, you just pointed there, Ellen, that you have to take it in turns to actually guide and want to eat or whatever. So how much food do you, will you be taking and what sort of food will you be taking on board to give you the energy to do this? Hello. Hello. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I think who's going to be in charge of the food is going to be the important question there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, because it's like a few days of crop crossings between each leg, there's not yeah. 
most of the time when you do big offshore races like the Volvo Ocean race and stuff you'd be eating like freeze-dried meals and like a big like pot that you boil it and it can be a bit meh. but um we've got <laughs> quite like we'd have stopovers so it would be a few days sailing from Plymouth to Galway and then we could restock in Galway make sure that we have like fresh food and that we have options okay. um also like freezing stuff is a yeah. really good thing like free like meal prepping and then freezing it and then you can just cook it and that's a lot because sometimes the conditions are quite tricky so you don't want to be there chopping oh, yeah. onions because it can be quite <laughs> no. dangerous it's, not, it's yeah. not gourmet cuisine is it no no, no, no. it's no. no a lot of pasta yeah. well listen and um, there's there's a few bits of business which I, I really want to to get to actually because um in Pembrokeshire one thing I've always known is that um you will get support for causes like this and 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 it's a brilliant challenge you're doing just to remind people who might just be joining us um if the guys do this uh Lou will set the record as the youngest ever skipper to take part in the Britain and Ireland uh, round Britain and Ireland race and uh, the two of them Lou and Ellen will be the youngest female duo to ever do the race which is brilliant so you'll be getting behind um, a Pembrokeshire girl in Lou from Tears Cross and Ellen uh, who's studying in, in ABBA and um, there's two elements to this uh, Lou um, one is it's costly to take part in the race so you, you need some real support to get you to the start line and then you're raising money for charity um, could you tell us, first of all, what that looks like in terms of funding that you need to get to the start line? OK, so basically what we're coming on here to say and to our main thing of getting the word out there, really, is we need sponsorship from a main sort of a major company. And we're hoping to get a local one to back us because we'd like to take a local company advertise around all the British Isles that will be going around Um so we'd, we'd love to have a local one. So sort of like Valero would be amazing or as I've worked there as well. So it would be amazing if they would like to back us. But any anyone else really, like we'd love to have mm. a range even of yeah. small, local, um, small local shops as well. That would be amazing to just bring some local, um, just advertising really for them as well. But we just need a main one to sponsor us. It'd be great to take West Wales businesses with you on the, on the trip, wouldn't it? Effectively, yeah, um, and and without you know we we want to try and help you raise as much money as possible. But we we are talking here. Uh, you need four figures, don't you, to get to the start line? Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, where if, if we've got anyone listening, we're going to share this video again, and, and we will we'll, we'll make sure we push this into, until uh, we, we get this money for you. Um, wh- how do how do people get in touch, guys? Okay, so we have, there's a few ways you can get in touch with us. We have a website that um, we've created called lneoffshore.com. Yeah. So that's L for me and E for Ellen. Um, and on there, there's all sorts of things. So there's like updates we post of our race campaign. There's um, a list of our experiences and qualifications type thing. And a gallery of all our photos we've taken of, on our sort of yacht deliveries and yachting experiences and all our sailing career, really. Um, and then the last page on that website is a contact page, so anyone can contact us from there. Uh, we've also got our, both our Instagram accounts, our sort of our sailing Instagram accounts, not our personal ones. Um, you can contact us from there as well. Although we don't mind people taking on our personal either, and Facebook as well. Uh, we've got we post updates on there as well, just everywhere we're posting updates. Yeah. Gordon, you know, having worked in sport in Pembrokeshire for some time, and um, this is this is a great opportunity, isn't it, for for Pembrokeshire businesses to to be generous, and, and it's a great challenge these these two girls are doing. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I call on all businesses out there in Pembrokeshire to help these girls get to the starting line. It's uh, it's a great challenge and they're very enthusiastic. We can see that. They might not be so enthusiastic after they've done it. And, and all, <laughs> when and they've all done the it, they food, will. <laughs> all, the, all the rotten food they've eaten. <laughs> no, but on a serious note, yeah, we, we need to get these girls... Um, going on this uh, tremendous challenge uh, and uh, please support them definitely and and then we should say as well and, and I'd, I'd like to hear from the two of you here um if you get to the start line you're then going to be fundraising aren't you for for a charity that i think is important to the two of you um could could you just pick up on that for us and, and tell us why you're you're raising money for this particular charity yeah of course so we'll be raising money for the alzheimer's society which is um Alzheimer's is a disease that we've both been affected by closely. Um, so unfortunately, very sadly, my grandmother passed away just a few days ago from the disease. And um, my other grandmother also passed away a few years ago with the disease. And Ellen's grandfather was also affected and passed away. And we just want to bring a bit more awareness to that. And just any, any way we can help um, other people with Alzheimer's not go through what our families went through as well if we can make it easier in any way so we're just asking for donations towards that charity while we're doing the race absolutely phenomenal cause ellen that adds a bit more of a personal touch to this doesn't it yeah yeah my granddad uh was kind of the one who got me into sailing as well um him and my dad built a mirror dinghy when they were when my dad was like 14 uh, and then i refurbished one of my granddad's old boats when i was about 15 so yeah, it'd be really nice to uh, make him proud. Yeah. You'll be doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Those links um, are posted underneath the video on our Facebook already. They're, they're in the comments, the GoFundMe and the, the L&D offshore.com. They're, they're both on the Facebook ready to go. So if anyone listening wants to have a look, that, that's where they need to go. Um, listen, we wish you so much luck with this. I just very final one. Um, uh, what, what's the dream for you two? Obviously, we've got this challenge ahead. What, how far would you like to go with this? Well, personally, I would like to do the uh, Volvo Ocean Race, which is the race around the globe, circumnavigation race. And that, that would be the high of my career, that would be. Ellen, you up yeah. for that? Play? Absolutely, absolutely. You'll go with her? I've had, uh, yeah, yeah, I would go with her, yeah. Without <laughs> <laughs> a doubt. Listen, I wouldn't you, want to do it with anyone else. You might have three stowaways because I think we, we think it's an absolutely brilliant story. <laughs> uh, listen, um, Lou and Ellen, uh, stay in touch. It's been brilliant talking to you about this um, th this evening. Uh, you're welcome on the show anytime. So we will pick this up again and, and we'll follow your progress, hopefully all the way to the start line. If there is anyone listening uh, and watching who can support Lou and Ellen with this, please do get in touch because it would mean so much to the two of them. Uh, just to remind you, Lou would be the youngest ever skipper from Pembrokeshire at the age of 19 to skipper a yacht on this race. And Lou and Ellen together would be the youngest female duo to ever do it. Let's get behind them. Let's make this happen. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you ever so much for being with us. We are going to take a moment on Pure West Sport. We'll share this video. We'll put all the contact details in there as well. And we'll be back live on the Facebook page in just a few moments time. It's nearly quarter to nine. It's Pure West Radio. Live from our studios in Haverford West, this is Pure West Radio. Wow, wow, wow. What an amazing thing Skipper Lou Borman and her crew, Ellen Jones, are doing. I mean, what an amazing achievement to sail around there and to be the youngest female duo to ever do it. I hope they raise lots and lots of money for the Alzheimer's Society and uh, a huge good, good luck to you both from all of us at PWR. 
Brides the video, my favourite post, H's favourite post of the week, ta-da, has gone up. It is amazing. It's three minutes. Go and have a look. Go and have a look. It really makes me smile of all the amazing things that we've been up to in the last year, all around Pembrokeshire, and all the amazing charities that there are, and all the things that we support. It just really makes me smile, so I hope it makes you smile too. And uh, on that note, I'm going to leave you with uh, Bon Jovi and In These Arms, but coming up next, so stay tuned, is Drew Baker with Behind the Stage Door. One of my favourite shows here on PWR. I just love it. I love a good sing-song and I turn it up loud and it really makes me feel good. So I hope it makes you feel good too. Stay lovely, be kind to each other, smile lots, laugh more, and I will catch you next week for another Second Chance Sunday with Join us every Monday evening on the weekly Pure West Sports Show with Pembrokeshire Properties. All the very latest sports news from around the county as well as views, guests and gossip from our award-winning panel. Join us every Monday between 7 and 9pm. Pure West Sport, proudly sponsored by Pembrokeshire Properties. Buy or sell your next house with a truly local, fast-growing property agent. Pembrokeshire Properties. Welcome home. Introducing MyPems, the online marketplace for independent sellers in Pembrokeshire. Looking to take the hassle out of marketing and selling your products online? Want to reach new audiences or customers whilst being part of a bigger community of local businesses and retailers? Then check out mypems.com. We're only a click away and could be the answer to taking the stress out of selling your products online. So whether you're a shop, an independent artist or maker, connect direct with customers and join a growing movement looking to buy locally at MyPems. For the perfect solution, contact Lillian and the team at MyPems.com. At KO Carpets, you know quality is assured. We've been your local family-run business for over 40 years. We're widely recognised as Pembrokes' leading supplier of domestic and contract flooring. We provide full end-to-end -end service, free measures and estimates, free delivery and free fitting by our professional team of highly skilled fitters. Come and see us at Vine Road, Johnston, or drop us an email, sales at kocarpets.com. We're a knockout at flooring. Listen live at purewestradio.com.